श्रीराघवम दशरथात्मजमे सीतापति रामकथा रसवाहिनी चैप्टर फाइव पार्ट टू सुमंत्रा केम अलोंग साइड द प्रिंसेस हु आर शाइनिंग विथ एन एथीरियल ग्लो ऑन देर फेसेस When they reached the palace gates many rides were gone through to ward off the effects of the evil eye they were then led into the inner apartments the mothers whose eyes were longing to look upon them were awaiting them there the boys ran towards them and fell at their feet they were raised up and held fast in close embrace for 5 to 6 minutes during which they lost themselves in the thrill of joy which enveloped both mother and son in the bliss of mergence with the divine the tears that rolled from the eyes of the mothers out of the surgeons of love bathed the heads of the boys they took hold of their sari ends and wiped the heads dry with them they stroked the hair they fondled the head they seated them on their laps and fed them fondly with sweet rice and curd mixed rice ah the excitement the thrill of the mothers were indescribable the pang of separation which they had suffered for three long months could be assuaged a little only by having the children in their care and custody day and night for a few days they wanted them to relate the story of their pilgrimage and the boys narrated in sweet simple sincere style the sacredness of each holy place has explained to them by sumantra the queens listened to these narratives with such ardor and faith that they too seemed 
to experience the exhilaration that each shrine provides for the earnest pilgrims. Dasharatha celebrated the return of the young princes from their holy journey by offering oblations to the gods and arranging a magnificent banquet for all Brahmins who had successfully completed the pilgrimage to Kashi and Prayagha. He gave the later monetary gifts too. Thus, since the day when the princes were born, it was one continuous round of festival and feast in the capital city and in the kingdom. The city of Ayodhya shone with uninterrupted rejoicing, feasting and festive entertainment knit the populace into a family bound by love and gratitude. Every month, the days on which the children were born, the ninth, tenth and the eleventh day of the bright half were filled with gorgeous ceremony to mark the happy event. Even when the boys were away on pilgrimage, these days were celebrated as grandly as if they were in the city, except for functions where their physical presence was needed, all else, the feasts, the gifts, the games, the dance were all gone through with enthusiasm. The parents noticed a change in the boys as a result of the pilgrimage. The transformation was very surprising and they hoped that the strange ways of life they had assumed might weaken with the passage of days. They watched their behavior and attitudes with great attention, but they continued with no sign of diminution. Rama stayed mostly indoors. He did not bathe at fixed hours as he had been doing so far. He had a dislike to wear royal robes. He desisted from delicacies. He never sat on the golden throne. He appeared as if he was immersed in contemplation of the absolute, of something beyond the senses and the mind. Since their brother appeared so morose, the three younger brothers always kept near him. They never left his presence for games or for any other reason. The four used to gather in a room and bolt themselves in. The mothers had to tap the door at intervals to bring in their food. However hard the mothers tried to discover why they behaved so, they never revealed the reason. Rama alone deemed to answer their queries thus. This is my nature. Why seek to know the reason for my being so? The mothers soon felt that this state of things could no longer be kept away from case. They informed Dasharatha. He sent word that the boys be brought to his apartments. But finding that the sons who previously would have rushed in took a long time to come, he was filled with wonder and worry. He made ready to proceed to their room himself. Just then, the attendant announced that the princes were approaching. The father was overwhelmed with bliss. He embraced them and held them tight to his chest. He sat with the sons on both sides. He inquired from them about things light and serious. 
Formerly, if we asked just one question, the boys used to reply to ten. But that day, when he asked ten, they scarce replied to one. Dasharatha drew Rama onto his lap and pleaded fondly with him. Son, why this refusal to talk? Why this silence? What is it that you desire? Tell me what you need. I shall fulfill it immediately without fail. Since you do not mix with brothers and play with them as formerly, they too are unhappy. Though the king lovingly stroked the chin and looked at the face of Rama, Rama did not say anything more than that he was quite content and needed nothing. Watching this strange behavior, Dasharatha grew anxious and agitated. Tears welled up his eyes. The boys remained unaffected by his grief. The father spoke soft words to them about how sons should conduct themselves and sent them to their apartments in the palace. He called Sumantra so that he might confer with him. He asked him whether anything had happened during the pilgrimage to put the boys out of care or whether he had brought them back when they were themselves eager to visit a few more places of interest to them. Dasharatha applied him with so many questions that Sumantra was filled with surprise and apprehension. His lips quivered as he replied, Nothing happened during the journey to displease the princess. No difficulty was encountered. Every wish of theirs were honored and carried through. I gave away in charity as much as they wanted. I got built wherever they suggested houses for pilgrims. There was no hesitation or delay. They never told me about any happening which they did not like. Nor did I notice any such. The pilgrimage was one long journey of joy and adoration. Dasharatha knew his minister well. He said at last, Samantra, you are a good man. I know full well that you are incapable of neglect or error. But for some inexplicable reason, I find the boys have undergone a transformation after the pilgrimage. They have developed a distaste for food and fun. However much the people around persuade him, Rama did not answer nor did he indicate the reason for his strange behavior. He was immersed in his own awareness of the falsity of things. I am surprised at this. The queens too have taken this so much to heart that they are being consumed by anxiety. When Dasharatha spoke thus to Sumantra, the loyal minister replied, If permitted, I shall meet the children and try to diagnose the ailment. Dasharatha said, Quite right. Proceed at once. Once we find the cause, the remedy isn't difficult. The cure isn't far. Sumantra hurried to the children's apartment, heavy with a load of anxiety in his heart. He found the doors bolted from inside, the guards standing outside them. When Sumantra tapped, Lakshmana opened the door and let him in. He closed the door behind him and conversed with the boys for long on various matters. 
in order to draw from them the reason for their malady but he could not delve into the mystery he noticed the difference between the confiding spirit of camaraderie which he enjoyed during the months of pilgrimage and the distance that had grown in recent months he pleaded with rama with tears in his eyes for revealing to him the reason for his melancholy rama smiled and said sumantra what reason can be given for something which is my very nature i have no wants i have no desire you need have no anxiety on that score unable to do anything else sumantra came where dasharatha was and sat beside him i feel it will be good to invite the guru tomorrow and consider which measures are proper he said and departed from the presence after taking the king's permission to leave the king was sad he neglected everything else he ignored the demands of empire and spun many stories in his mind to account for the behavior of the children they are entering the years of adolescence and so such temperamental revolutions are natural he surmised he shared this opinion with the queens and set his mind at rest for a while when they learned that the preceptor vasishta was arriving at the palace the queens made the preparations necessary and waited for him at the family altar just then the guru arrived all fell at his feet they showered eager questions on him about the peculiar melody of the boys and the change that had come upon them they were all in tears noticing the agitation of the king and the queens vasishta turned his attention inward and sought the reason for the sorrow through inner vision the truth was quickly revealed to his penetrating purity within seconds he turned towards the queens and assured them there is nothing wrong with the boys these are not just ordinary children they are free from the least trace of worldly desire their minds are untarnished do not get anxious bring them to me you can retire now to your apartments the king and queens were happy at this assurance they sent for the princess and left lakshmana bharata and chaturdna quickly got ready to meet the guru when the news that he wanted them reached their ears but rama evinced no haste he was immersed in himself as usual so lakshmana touched his feet and prayed it is best we go without delay or else our parents will grieve that we dared disobey the command of the preceptor lakshmana pleaded with rama insistently for a long time advancing various arguments finally lakshmana bharata and chaturgna were able to proceed to the altar room with their eldest brother there they fell at the feet of the guru and reverentially stood before him seeing them vasishta asked them with great affection to draw near and sit beside him they all sat close to him but vasishta wanted rama to come still nearer he fondled rama lovingly playing with his hair and patting his back he said rama 
why have you thus become quiet and silent your mothers and father are suffering from grief and fear unable to explain this inscrutable change you have to pay heed to their happiness too isn't it you have to demonstrate the validity of the precious axioms matru devo bhava pitru devo bhava treat the mother as god treat the father as god by your own action isn't it vasishta placed before rama many such lessons and truths for his consideration rama sat smiling listening to the guru when he had finished he spoke calmly master you speak of mother but who exactly is mother who exactly is son why what exactly is body and what is the jeevi the individual is this objective world real or is the supreme soul real this body is but the image of the supreme soul isn't it the five elements that comprise the substance called body are also the substance of the entire universe the universe is but the concatenation of the five elements isn't it the elements persist in spite of all permutations and combinations they have also a deeper base without realizing this if this created universe is itself assumed to be real and if one yields to the fascination of this falsehood if the truth be discarded for the sake of the lie what are we to say of such colossal ignorance what can the individual gain by ignoring the eternal absolute real reality the atma when vasishta observed rama raising such profound philosophical problems he noticed a halo of bright rays of spiritual splendor that emanated and surrounded his face he knew that the light was an indication of divinity attempting to search outwards so he wanted rama himself to provide the answers to the questions that rama put forward and the replies and explanations rama gave were verily the voice of god vasishta could see this fact clearly he bowed his head before him mentally for the fear of being noticed he said son i shall see you again in the evening and left the palace without even meeting dasharatha he was so overcome by the illumination of the occasion he fondled the children with a joyous sense of gratitude and love dasharatha saw the princess after some time he too saw the strange glow of divine awareness shining in their countenances he could not understand how it happened and he awaited the arrival of vasishta in the evening no sooner did he enter the shrine the children the mothers and dasharatha fell at his feet and sat in their places with palms folded in prayerful humility all of a sudden rama surprised everyone by asking a series of questions the jeevi the deva the prakriti soul god nature what is the interrelationship between these are these three or one or are they distinct entities if one how did it become three 
and for what purpose what is the unifying principle underlying these what benefit is gained by recognizing them as different giving up the cognition of the unity the parents were aghast at the profundity of these questions and the tender age of rama they became fully merged in that stream of instruction and inquiry that showered precious axioms which shed light on the problems raised as if heaven answered the questions raised by earth they forgot that rama was their own child the hours of the night rolled by in the analysis and understanding of the great monastic wisdom vasishta saw that the words that flowed from the lips of rama were indeed drops of nectar of immortality which can ensure peace for mankind he blessed the king and queens and returned to the hermitage the dialogues between rama and the preceptor form the text of yoga vasishta a treatise which is meaningful and mellow it is also referred to as the rama gita rama spent his days immersed in vedanta communing with himself talking while alone to himself silent in company and often laughing at nothing in particular dasharatha grew concerned he was worried what would happen to the brothers he sought to keep the younger three apart but they never agreed to be isolated from rama so they had to be left in his company always the king and the queens were very much depressed for all their dreams of joy and glory had come to naught they became desperate for they saw no signs of recovery or transformation in the sons they counted hours and minutes passing the time in anxiety and prayer rama had no interest even in food and so with irregular and indifferent meals he appeared weak and wasted in health end of chapter 5 sai ram
पति राघव राजा राम पति तपावन 